sometimes games go exactly how you want them to go. You see the offense click, the defense click. Sometimes it looks like a gigantic car wreck. Let me let you guess what happened to BC on Wednesday night against UNC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BC Locked On BC AJ Black here. I am the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. This is Locked On BC, a daily BC podcast. Well, basketball's over. I know folks were hoping for some big things to happen. It did not. In fact, the BC season ended in a way that was very typically BC, as the Eagles looked outmatched, outclassed, and in a different stratosphere as from UNC as they lose. 85 to 61. This game was not close at all. Like folks, this, this was ugly with a capital U BC's defense from the get had no idea how to slow down the guards of Caleb love and RJ Davis, who both love scored 22 points. Davis scored 18 points. And, you know, if you listen to Jay Billis's grandfatherly, I, 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 I sent a text to a friend. He sounded like a grumpy grandfather in this game. And it wasn't because I, I was saying he was like biased against anyone or anything like that. He just sounded like he was bored. And I think a lot of us were bored. But he kept talking about how UNC kept getting into rhythms. It was because BC, BC's big um, go-to on defense is to play physical. We've, we've talked about that all season long, right? That's what Earl Grant wants you to do. He wants to be gritty. He wants to be dirty. Not, not dirty, but like get in there and be physical. And UNC's speed um, like completely erased that. There was no way for BC to be physical because they were just so crisp with their passes. UNC looked like a team that could win the ACC today. They were that good. They were playing at that level, right? So... You have the, the 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 BC in the first half. I think they the UNC went seven for eleven from three point range. The Eagles' offense just wasn't there, and it was disappointing for another big reason. Because going into this game, you thought the big the big question mark going into this was Quinton Post going to play, the big center from the Netherlands, and we got the answer about an hour and a half before the game with BC. Uh, tweeted out something in Dutch that that if you used Google Translate on Twitter, which I didn't know you could do, tweeted it right away. It says number twelve is available tonight. Kind of a cool little social media thing. I thought that was kind of nifty. Um, but all in all, didn't really matter. Uh, Post had a tough game. Uh, everyone had a tough game. There was no player on this team that I thought looked all that great. Makai Ashton Langford had a very uh, good start to the game where both teams started kind of race out. But once the teams kind of settled into the, the, the flow of this game, it was all UNC. I mean, every time BC had like even a little run and they, and they never really had a run at all. I mean, BC shot um, 
you know, they, they were shooting for, they shot 45% on the day. They shot 33% from three point range and they got out rebounded 31 to 23, but they gave up 10 offensive rebounds. I mean, it just seemed watching this game that these were two teams that were in completely different places. And I don't think a, a healthy Quentin post would have done much, you know, much different here. He looked fine. Um, and Amanda Bacot had a couple good shots, Bacot or whatever. I know I pushed his name up yesterday, but it wasn't his play. It was the guards. The guard play is what killed BC in this game. The Eagles just couldn't slow down UNC's guards. Um, and it, by the second half, I mean, the first half BC was down. What was it? 16 at half. The second half, it was, it was just like, you know, I wanted to pre-write my articles, get ready, you know, get ready for bed because it was, it was boring. It was just boring because, um, be, you know, the, the lead was like 25 at one point. UNC was just hitting, they were, they were unconscious with some of their shots and it was everybody on that team hitting things. Um, and in part, of it was just UNC being better. And part of it was because BC's defense was garbage tonight. It was, it was bad. It was bad defense by BC. Call it what it is, right? So they end up losing. The season is over. There's not going to be an NIT. The you know folks are going to probably ask about the CBI. No Power Five program goes to the CBI. I looked up last year's teams. It was all mid majors. It was all um, you know programs that you know it's, there was no Power Five programs. So this is it. This is this is it for the season. We won't be back until next year. And I was hoping I, you know, UNC clearly was a better team. They had won four out of their last five games. They did lose to Duke in the season finale, but you know, when you play the Tar Heels, they're going to be better than BC. BC always has an uphill battle just talent wise. Cause they're a blue blood. They have better, pro- better rosters. They can reload with five stars up and down you were just hoping that BC had a little bit of momentum. You saw against Louisville that second half, BC scored 51 points in that second half. Right. But it, it, it was clear that they weren't there yet. It clear, it was clear to see that the difference in caliber between the Tar Heels and BC. And I thought it was fun, funny to watch too, because, you know, I, I thought, UNC, and this is not a dig at Earl Grant, but kind of like, what are you doing? Once the game was out of control, and that was like with like nine minutes left in the game, BC never gave up, which I guess is credit to Grant for a little bit for like, you know, but they were going to press. They were going for traps. They were, they were, you know, doing full court presses and, and trying whatever they can to do anything. And so UNC responded by just continuing to slam the ball in their face, basically, and shoot every, you know, get dunks, do all this stuff. I think it was just, you know, it was UNC's response to basically Grant saying, okay, we're not going to give up, even though there's no chance we're going to win this game. UNC's going, fine, then we're going to keep doing our offense. Um, And I think that was, that was, that was the, the ending there. Um, I was hoping it would be closer. It was not closer. Uh, There's not much to like, I hate games like this. I hate, you know, covering a game, uh, where your team just gets their teeth kicked in is not really fun to cover. I'm going to put that out there right now <laughs> because 
what do you what do you write about? What do you talk about for a game like this? Everything was bad. Like I was hoping, like I was watching that second half. I'm like, oh my god, please have BC at least score 50 points. They did that. Yay. They scored 60 points. Um, but that's it. Like, this is gonna be a one-segment response to this game because there's not much else to talk about. UNC, unless you want me to talk about everything UNC did right, they were passing the ball, they had good open looks, they were you know, confident. BC had no physicality in this game whatsoever. Uh, they weren't able to rebound. That's it. Bad loss. That's it. Now, in a moment, I want to talk about the season and, and, and some thoughts. I see some questions popping in uh, in the comment section. We'll talk about those uh, and, and kind of put a bow on this year and, and look at the highs and lows of what happened in 2023. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before I get into that, my folks, Let's talk about FanDuel. Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on anything from money line to point scores and threes drained. I mean, you want to go in and, and look at, like, Jason Tatum and find out how many threes he has to drain. You can get it all. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bit chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Locked on BC here, AJ Black. Now, folks, if you have not done so already, I want you to go over to YouTube. Go over to YouTube, type in Locked On Boston College, hit the subscribe button. Do it. it takes 10 seconds. You're going to get all your BC videos sent directly to you. I think you'll enjoy it. We'll have a fun offseason. I promise you it's not going to be all painful. I, I, I try to make this podcast as least painful uh, for Boston College fans as possible because I know you follow a team that just breaks your heart and, and makes you numb. I think we're at the numb stage now for a lot of this but I try to make it a little bit more interesting. Get into kind of like, and yeah, like the video. Thank you, Marty. Marty party is one of our, our video uh, viewers. He make sure you like all of our videos. It does help. Um, So this 2022, 23 season is kaput. It's over. Makai Ashton Langford is gone. He's, he is out of eligibility. CJ Penna, I believe is also gone. Um, and then you got to add, then now we're looking at what this means moving forward, right? You have two freshmen coming in. Those will take those two scholarships if Penna's gone and, and Langford's gone. If BC wants to go out to the transfer portal, there's going to have to be movement. And I'm not sure who that would be. Um, you know, or one thing that you have with a program like BC right now is I, you got a lot of guys that are buying into what Earl Grant is selling. This team is close. This team has a lot of um, camaraderie. You can tell they're really tight. So it wouldn't surprise me if the guys want to stay here. I mean, the big one that we're going to watch for is Quentin Post. He, as Jay Billis said during this broadcast, can do a lot of things. And you better believe that there's going to be big-time programs that are going to be interested in Post because he can really be that big that could put a program over. He could shoot a three. He can do a lot of different things. I don't know where his head's at. I can't 
I can't forecast if he's going to be like Zay Flowers, Donovan Azaraku, Christian Mahogany. That's like, I want to be at BC. Or is he going to be a guy that's going to chase chase a check or, or a title? That's a million-dollar question, and one only Quentin Post can answer. Um, if I was a betting man, I think he'll be back. I, I That's my gut. But I that that's also a little bit of wishful thinking too, because I don't I don't want to see him leave. I want to see a full season. I think a lot of you folks out there do too, of what Quentin Post can do um with being healthy. Because he only played what 19 games this year. Um, love to have him, especially for that, you know, some of those big ACC games next year when you have a, a deeper roster. That being said, so Post is one, he's gonna be a number one who you're gonna be watching for on the transfer portal. I mean, you know, there's going to be other names out there too. And I don't want to like just project because it's not fair. Like I could say like, you know, maybe DeMar Langford wants to leave or, or Mason Madsen or any of those guys. I don't know. I don't know who's going to do what. I do have to think that at least one guy or two guys is going to leave. And it's just the nature of the beast right now. College basketball, college football. There's so much change that goes on out there that you got guys constantly looking and talking to other coaches and doing all this other stuff. It's the wild West out there. So someone's going to leave. It's just going to happen. And I, I, I don't think it's the worst thing because hopefully Grant can do some things. If he gets a couple scholarships to address some of the needs of this program Outside shooting is 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 a number one. And he tried last year with Mason Madsen, and we saw pieces of it near the end of the year. But they they desperately need an outside shooter. And maybe DJ Hand's going to be that next year, but that's going to be a need. You need another big behind post. You know, Devin McLaughlin is good at the four, but I, I don't see him as a five right now. He's not that, that good. And, and Armani Mighty, I, he is a project. And I don't think I, we did not see enough of Armani mighty to me for me to go into next year going, Oh, he's going to be the guy. So I think transfer portal is going to be a big time. Um, uh, Storyline to watch as it is for every team. I think it's just going to be, it's just the nature of the beast. And, you know, Dennis Monhan asks, if they beat UNH, Maine, and Tarleton, would they be in the NIT? They would have ended up 19 and 17 with three top 25 wins. They would have been right on the edge. I mean, if you added in, like, especially if you added in that Duke loss, the one they lost by one, that would have given them four top 25 wins. I think Duke was ranked at that. Uh, no, I don't think they, it doesn't even matter. They were, that was a, that was an RP, RT, RPI, uh, Ken Palm killer. Uh, with those losses that you mentioned, because a lot of the uh, NIT selections based on our um, Ken Palm and, and RPI type stuff. And those three losses just absolutely tanked BC's um, rankings. Like if BC didn't lose those, you would see them probably in the seventies or eighties in the, in the, or probably like eighties or nineties to be fair um, in those rankings. And, and that's, that's NIT bound. I think they would have done it. it it's, I think I think it was the sickos that said it at the beginning of the year. When Quinton Post went down, they went, oh, crap, because they knew how much that loss meant. And I, I it, 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 it can't be understated how much he means to that program and how important he is to that offense. 
they need him for one more year before these guys get ready uh, to move on. Now, in our final segment, I'm going to look at a whole bunch of other items from the, from the day. Baseball, recruiting, talk even a little hockey because I love talking about UMass losing. You know that if you listen to this podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. Locked on BC, this is AJ Black. So we're looking at all the news stories of the day. And A number one, even more so than 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 basketball, is baseball. This baseball team is fun. A Tuesday night, BC on a what was it, an eight-game winning streak. They head off to Nashville, uh, Nashville to play um, or Tennessee to play the University of Tennessee, who was the number two team in the country and on an 11-game winning streak. What does BC do? They go out there and they hit They hit him first. Joey Fetrano hit two home runs in this game, and the Eagles battle back and forth in the bottom of the ninth. I think it was the bottom of the ninth. Tennessee ties it. They go into overtime. Cam O'Leary hits a home run top of the 10th inning. BC wins. A top 10 win for the Eagles. Nine games in a row. On Wednesday, quick turnaround. They go off and play UNC Asheville. They go out there and they hit, I think it was three more home runs. They go and win 10 to, it was a, I think it was 11 to four. I don't have the name in front of me, but man, what a, what a, what a couple games for, for BC baseball. If you want to, you know, obviously women's lacrosse is a team that you get, a lot of folks get excited about. This BC baseball team has figured something out, man. Because they are at 10 and one now, 10 straight wins. They're going to play against Virginia Tech in a three game series. If BC can win two out of three against the Hokies, they better be ranked come next week. I mean, they're, they're going to have a lot of momentum behind them. But I've been reading up on what, what's going well. And I want to shout out Skip Baseball, who is uh, one of our commenters on our, our, uh, on Eagle Insider, who does a great job of, breaking down the games because I haven't had a really chance to sit down and watch them all. And he said, you know, it's been the pitching. The pitching has been key and it's, it's due to, I think it was named the coach's name is Vance pitching coach who was from URI and has done a masterful job of really kind of reshaping this pitching staff um, after a miserable year last year. So that was huge. I, you know, I, I, I am a big baseball fan. Um, I loved the Red Sox as a kid, uh, and I have a um, my wife's cousin pitched for BC many moons ago, and I would love to get behind that, especially with the new Harrington. It's a couple of years now, but Harrington Village, they've got all these new, you know, the freight center and all this stuff. It would be a great time for BC to catch some momentum and really like establish themselves um, as a as a solid program. And they're doing it right now, and they've got some fun guys. This pitcher, um, Flynn, has got a ton of emotion out there and has been dominant on the mound. They've got Vetrano, Travis Honeymoon. Uh, they, uh, who's the other kid that they have? Uh, there's another. I'm totally blanking. And, I, and as I said, I'm not the biggest baseball follower yet. I will get into it now that basketball's over. But check, check that team out. They're doing really well. And speaking of well, BC Hockey uh, beat the pants off of UMass. 
I know a lot of folks out there hate UMass. I love to rag on UMass because it's a lot of fun. Uh, and UMass has become like the 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 hot new thing in in Massachusetts in terms of of college hockey. You know, they won the national title. They've been uh, hockey East champs. They have one Achilles heel, and I it, and I laugh and laugh and laugh. They have. They have for the last couple of years had have had no idea how to beat BC. They play well, they get against BC and they fall apart. BC beat them, I think it was five to one, and they were up early in this game. UMass was just beaten pretty soundly. So a nice, easy win for uh the Eagles, who then face off, and it sounds like it's gonna be Merrimack or Northeastern next. And I'm recording um they, they don't have the final uh, next matchup yet, but it'll be on the road. Um, and I, th- I think it's at TD Boston. Again, I, have, I, have to, I, I did not really look into this all that much. And, you know, I, I cover recruiting, like, as I said, like a crazy person on Eagle Insider. And I look at, um, I've been making a big board. And if you have not got your subscription yet, do it now. Every position group, I have all the top names BC is looking at. These are guys that they're reaching out to, that they're trying to get on campus. It is not just me spitballing it. As I said, one name I put out there, and I'm, I, I've been giving you like a taste of some of them. Tovani Mazel, who is at DeMatha Catholic, who if you know BC has had a history at DeMatha Catholic in Maryland. Uh, he's a four-star running back uh, who up until two hours ago was committed to the University of Georgia. I have him on my my big board because I've heard BC's really still interested in him. He decommitted from Georgia today. I know he's very interested in BC. He just visited Oklahoma, so that's big. He's also visited Maryland. But I know the staff has been trying really hard to get him on campus. I haven't had any updates of whether that's happened because I haven't talked to him since he decommitted uh, to the staff since he de- decommitted. But if you're looking for a four-star this is a kid that maybe you might be wanting to watch out for again, Tovani Mizell. Um, and he's at a school. BC's had a ton of, a uh, ton of uh, success at, so maybe that happens. Um, so that's it for today's show on tomorrow's show. We're going to have to get back into basket. I mean, to football season mode. Uh, we'll get into spring football. Anything else is popping up uh, on Friday's show. Uh, so that's for Friday. Excuse me. You know what? I, I want to give credit to Dennis Monahan for this idea. While we're kind of in that like lull period before next year, and even for summer football, I'm going to do a um, mailbag. The mailbag was really popular last time. And if you have mailbag questions, follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC and hit me up. Just hit me a question. DM I prefer it to be DM to me just because it's easier for me to track it there. I, if it's on my feed, I lose it. Uh, DM it to me uh, and I will answer it on tomorrow's show. So make sure if you have a question, it can be about anything. And um, you can ask me anything too. Like why, why do you think BC is going to be okay next year? You can ask me whatever you want. I will answer it on tomorrow's show. Thank you all so much. Uh, we are BC's only daily podcast. You got a whole bunch of state-run uh, BC podcasts. If you want to listen to those, go for it. If you want passion, insightful analysis, you need to make sure that you subscribe to Locked On BC on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts. 
to all my loyal followers out there, thank you so much that, that for, for making us one of your first listens every day. We'll be back again soon. Take care, everyone. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you again soon.